slightly long reading today. There's two passages we're going to go through. The first is Psalm 77, which is ascribed to a man called Asaph, who was a leader in temple worship and also a prophet. Listen to his cry. Psalm 77. I cried to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated and my spirit asked, Will you, Lord, reject forever? Will the Lord never show his favour again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I'll remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The waters saw you, God. The waters saw you and writhed. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea. Your way through the mighty waters. Though your footprints were not seen, you led your people like a flock, by the hands of Moses and Aaron. The second reading is from Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 16. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour Serving the Lord, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who bless you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Here ends the reading.
that? Yes? No? <laughs> okay. This thing's been popping as well today. Well, that's a great start, isn't it? Um, friends, uh, it's great to have you here. Um, let's ask the question, why are we talking about mental health today? Why is it on the agenda here at St. Matt's? Well, I'd say any day would be a good day to say something about mental health because few families are untouched by mental health difficulties. Uh, whether it's a bout of depression uh, or anxiety or any one of a long list of, uh, of uh, mental health disorders. Few families are untouched, and I'm certain that in the St. Matt's community, and certainly in the wider community, some families are just overwhelmed uh, with this area of challenge in living. But we're saying something now to acknowledge where we are as a society here in Australia, uh, 12 months on uh, from the kickoff of covid uh, there, there is some restraint in the effects of, um, I think it's going to be easier if I have one of them. How's that? Yes? Hey, how good is it when your boss is your tech guy? <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> good job. Okay. I'm actually going to start again. Uh, we can't replay the YouTube, can we? <laughs> so why are we talking about mental health today? Uh, it's a big issue, isn't it? And uh, few of us are unaffected, whether ourselves or someone close to us, someone we love. And there's all sorts of challenges, uh, whether it's stress-related disorders, uh, whether it's depression or anxiety, and th the list of disorders is so long, and challenges, um, that we need technical experts in this, medical experts, uh, who can be of help to us. Uh, but we're saying something now to acknowledge the way in which there's been a rise in mental health challenges uh, since the start of COVID. I mean, praise God that there has been a restraint in the physical effects of, of COVID here in Australia. That's just been such a wonderful blessing. Um, but it's easy to forget uh, the rising, really, crisis in our society. Uh, just to give you a bit of perspective, I, I asked uh, Barb uh, Stenhouse, who is a member here of St. Matt's, uh, but also works in the mental health space in the wider community, uh, for her perspective on what is taking place uh, around us. So we'll hear from uh, Barb here, I hope, from the screen in front. In my role um, as the counselling manager at Lifeline Northern Beaches, we are seeing what are the concerns that are coming through the crisis hotline and that in turn gives us a little bit of a lead indicator about what is the mood in the community and what, what might we be seeing coming through the doors in terms of our counselling services. So just to give some kind of context, in the last year, in 2020, during COVID, we had an unprecedented uh, number of calls to Lifeline. It exceeded over 1 million crisis calls. And what had been typical in the past was about 2,000 calls a day. It was more around 3,000 calls a day. And the first week of January this, this year was um, the highest on record. 
So what we're anticipating now that um, JobKeeper has come to an end, we're going to see a lot more financial strain, a lot of small businesses really impacted, um, a lot of um, stress on family systems. And when I, when I think back to the types of issues that we saw more of last year, there was definitely um, more pressure on family systems. Um, we saw um, increase in domestic violence. I know just on the northern beaches, there have been 422 assaults reported to police, and that's always an underestimate because there's a lot that don't get reported. And the police are giving us um, some feedback about the nature of the domestic and family violence. They've seen an increase in young people being violent towards parents, and it just shows that there's been quite a lot of strain on families during COVID time. So as a psychologist, the types of mental health behaviours that we are seeing is uh, particularly in young people, there's been um, an increase in self-harming and disordered eating. But how I interpret that is that there's a lot of um, behaviours that is a way of coping with distress. And so we are looking to roll out some support groups in collaboration with Headspace to try and help young people better manage and regulate their emotions so they find more helpful ways when they're feeling distressed rather than um, harming themselves. Uh, it's such a privilege uh, to be part of a fellowship uh, like this where people like Barb and other mental health professionals are doing what they can in our wider community to address mental health issues and it's been a great thing that during COVID, uh, the challenges around the mental health space uh, have been uh, supported uh, with extensive uh, grants and so on uh, from our government. Just before we go any further, though, I, I want to acknowledge that it's not just out there. Uh, being a follower of Jesus doesn't make you immune from facing mental health challenges. And I'm aware that uh, some of you will have been carrying uh, difficulties for many years and, and managing mental health difficulty. But, but for some of you, it, it may have come on you recently. And one of the challenges there is the strangeness of it. You've maybe observed it in others, but never thought yourself vulnerable to it. I, I want to say before I go any further, wh whoever you are, at the very least, I hope that by being here today, uh, you'll, you'll know, you'll leave here knowing that the Lord Jesus cares for you and that you are welcome here at St. Matt's. Uh, there's no shame in, in, in coming with mental health difficulties any more than if you came with a broken leg. It's not a matter of shame at all. And I do want to apologise for times when we as a church, where me as an individual, uh, may not have made that clear to you. Uh, one of the reasons for doing this today is we want to grow in our capacity and in our skill as a fellowship here, so that we're working together to build mental health resilience in one another and in others around us. I want to say thank God for mental health professionals who can, who can diagnose or matter of maladies, who can prescribe helpful medication, who can provide uh, a, a, an array of therapies and, and develop mental health plans which will help you manage but there is a unique contribution that the community of the people of Jesus have to make. 
he has a message of grace and a message of transformation. And he is building a community of grace here, a community of acceptance and healing. My expertise is in what the Bible says. So, so, so what does the Bible say in the mental health space? Now, there's no one particular part of the Bible to turn to, although the whole message is so helpful. I mean, we've been listening to the story of Jesus over the last couple of months from Mark's Gospel, and we watch Jesus, who is the ultimate omnicompetent, going into the situations where there are people in difficulty. He seeks them out. He befriends people with complex difficulties. He befriends people who, in, who otherwise would be completely excluded from society. What does the Bible say about mental health? Well, there's no one particular passage, but there are many passages which are very helpful. And uh, we've heard two of those today. Uh, we're going to start with Psalm 77 and then we'll move on briefly to Romans chapter 12. Did you hear that as we listened in Psalm 77, we meet a person who knows God, but who is living with difficulty. That, that generates great questions because the, the difficulty creates such anguish and, and such distress. So it begins by saying, I cried out to the Lord. Verse 2 says, I groaned, my spirit grew faint, I could not sleep. There's this experience of anguish that can make you wonder whether God really cares. There's a series of questions there from verse 7. Will the Lord reject me forever? Will he never show his favour again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promised fail for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in his anger withheld his compassion? There's a lot of questions there, six in all, but really there's just one question for this believer who is suffering. Was I right to believe that God really cares for me. That might even be helpful for you just to know that someone else has felt like that, even though it was two and a half thousand years ago. This is not a strange thing that has come upon you. Does it help you to know that these words are written in the Bible, which teaches us that it's okay to be not okay, and it's, it's okay to call that out to God and to... To share, to share your frustrations, your disappointments, your hurt with him. It's just not true, although some people say it is, that if you come to Jesus, you will know success and blessing all of your life, in every arena, in love, in business, in the, the sort of lifestyle that you're able to live. It's just not true. You look around and you see bad things happen to people. You read the Bible and you realise bad things happen to God's people. They have since the very beginning. Bad things happen to God's people and some of us are very resilient. But none of us is made of steel. Bad things can happen to us which bring us very low. And some of those who, who, who fall the furthest are those who seem almost invulnerable. Things cause us to lose sleep, to make us anxious and depressed. Or maybe those feelings come on you without you even realising what it is that's causing them. The Bible says that it is, is not a sin. It's not a sin to feel me mental anguish. 
But it teaches us from the first half of this psalm to pour out our hearts to God who is listening and who understands. But there's a second thing that this psalm does for us. It teaches us if we have the capacity, and sometimes it's hard to do this, but if we have the capacity to look beyond ourselves and above ourselves to who God is and what God has done. That's certainly what this psalm teaches us to do from verse 10, where the psalmist teaches us, to, teaches us, then I thought, to this I will appeal, the years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long, long ago. And what happens in the rest of the psalm is the psalmist deliberately takes his mind back to the great things that God had done in the past, especially in the Exodus, when he'd stretched out his right hand and and strode ahead of them, although they couldn't see his footsteps, and brought them out of the land of slavery, out of Egypt, towards the promised land. He's recalling something which foreshadows the greater rescue that God has since brought, which we were celebrating at Easter time, as the Lord Jesus brought us out of slavery to death and sin and evil through his death. Now, recalling those truths and truths like that may not immediately resolve your anguish any more than the first day of a new exercise program turns you into a really fit fit person. But as you keep doing it, you, you will make progress Recalling truths like this may not immediately resolve your anguish, but it can temper it and strengthen you and give you hope. Tara Stenhouse, I don't think she's any relation to Barb, I keep meaning to check, is a lecturer at Moore College. She did this really interesting study a few few years ago and documented it in a book that I've got, where one of the things she did was she interviewed students in the college community and, and staff in the college community. And she was especially looking for people who'd, who'd lived with really difficult suffering, but had found help in the Psalms. Have a listen to what some of those people uh, said to Tara. Uh, one person said, I couldn't sit and concentrate, but I could sit and read a short Psalm, and this was quite manageable, and got me thinking about God and put helpful thoughts in my mind. Another person said, they helped me express my feelings to God when I didn't have the strength to do it myself. It's a wonderful thing about the psalm. Sometimes it gives you words which you wouldn't have thought to say, but they're so apt in speaking to God. Another person said, and I love this, I read Psalm 23 every day. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. And I discovered that reading God's words slowly and savouring its truth was what fed my soul. Reading God's word has revived me time and again. Psalm 77 closes with a really great observation about what the psalmist could see as he looked back. He says in verse 20, He led them like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Do you see he recognises the reality that the God who is there is the great shepherd of his people. And it was him that was leading them out, even as he used Aaron and Moses as their leaders. 
Look, I've got a, a picture, I, I hope it appears here, of James Rebanks, whom I've mentioned before. He's a modern-day uh, shepherd in the north of England. Uh, he's written about his experience and his love for his sheep and what is evidence is his skill in managing their care. I just put that image up there so there's something concrete you've got to, got to hold on to. How good for a sheep to have a shepherd like him. How good for people like us to have a shepherd like God. Goodness me, his skill and his competence and his love for us. It may not take you immediately out of the dark and fearful position you find yourself in, but what a comfort to know that if you're not in control, someone who knows what he's doing is in control and he cares for you. It's such a comfort in the midst of difficulty. Your circumstances might make you feel like, God doesn't care for me. But the Bible tells a different story. God is there and he cares for you like a good shepherd cares for his sheep. I mean, as you're reading the story of Jesus, you're actually reading the story of the person who in John 11 calls himself the good shepherd. Jesus says, I know my sheep by name. He knows you by name. Jesus says, the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Jesus has laid down his life for you. You can be assured that even if you're walking through what feels like the valley of the shadow of death, he is with you. He will comfort you. And he will bless you. He will give you rest. He will always be with you and he certainly gives you hope. I have a friend who says, Fix your roof on the day when the sun is shining. Don't wait till the, the rain falls and it's leaking again. And what she means, even if you're not feeling low today, make sure you prepare yourself for the day when you might. Build your resilience by filling your mind and your heart now with the great truths of God's word. See, that's what this psalm teaches us to do. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. That's what we're doing as we come here Sunday by Sunday. It's what we're doing when we come, in, come together in groups and try and help each other understand how the Bible applies to us. We're building that resilience which will stand us in good stead on the day when we do face difficulty. It's what we're doing when day by day we do what we can to, 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 to personally devote ourselves to reading the scriptures, prayerfully praising the Lord and seeking his guidance through it. Now, we're going to shift gear in a, in a moment and uh, move across to Romans 12. But firstly, we're going to hear again from Barb Stenhouse. I asked her the question uh, this time, as a mental health professional who's, a, who's active out in the community and a member of our church community, what do you see here that are strengths in what we're doing and, and how can we build on those strengths in this space? So as a member of the St Matt's uh, Church, I see um, incredible potential um, for supporting each other. Um, I think there's great capability and capacity to increase connections in, in the church. And I think you should never underestimate the importance of connection. And from what I've seen, I think the, the growth groups that... Um, that uh, Scott, you know, um, drives. I, I see great connections um, in in the small groups to, to really be there and support each other. 
Um, I also see there's great um, strengths from the ministers and um, they all have their own take on how they deliver their pastoral care and I think that is of great benefit for the whole St Matt's community. I also think there's an opportunity for people to share their personal stories of how they've got through a particularly tough and difficult time and, and change that focus to, to build resilience. And I think that, that other people will really be able to take stock of, well, um, if that person can, can get through a hardship, you know, that might be something that I can do as well. Another support within St Matt's, uh, particularly for people that might be experiencing mental health issues, is the Grace Group, where um, they can wrap around the kind of support that may be emotional or psychological, and often um, mental health issues can then impact on other things like financial strain. And so the Grace Group have got the... Um, discretion to be able to support people when they are at most need. And so we would really encourage people to come forward and speak to a minister or their uh, growth group leader if they were feeling that way and we would be able to, um, to provide that kind of support for them in a time of need. So it's great to recognise the strengths that are there uh, for us to be building on. I, I will make a, a mention of the staff team. Uh, none of us are mental health professionals, but a couple of our staff in particular are very gifted in this space. Um, and each of us is well able to listen and uh, to provide uh, support for you, uh, especially by uh, linking you to other resources that are available within our church community and beyond. And on the front of resources within our community, Barb and a couple of others work with me on, on, what, on, the, um, on the Grace Group. And, and our role as, on behalf of, of St Matt's is to arrange to provide support and bring relief to people who are in difficulty, including mental health difficulty, if we're aware of them. So I'll just uh, say again, if, if you are in difficulty, please uh, put up your hand and uh, be in contact with us and Deb will let you know how you can be in contact confidentially uh, with a member of staff on that front. Let, let's turn our attention to Romans uh, chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, which describes us as being members of a body who belong to one another. That's what it says in verse 5. And so it goes on in the part that Barry read for us to say in verse 10, be devoted to one another in love. Now, we don't quite see it in this translation, but in the original language... Those two words, devotion and love, both are, are, are words with very strong family connotations. What this is saying is, we were once far from God and not necessarily connected to each other, but God has adopted us into his family and he's brought us together as one, as one body. So just as my hand belongs to the rest of my body, we actually belong to one another. That's why it goes on to say, that we're to honour one another as those who matter to God. And, and because each of us matters to God, we matter to one another. And so moving on to, to somewhere like verse 15, the way each of us feels matters to the rest of us. And so it says beautifully in verse 15, 
Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. There's so much to be said for coming alongside and understanding and sharing. Now, we don't always get this right, the support of those who may be walking with mental health difficulty. In fact, as individuals and as a community, there are plenty of things that we muck up, even with the things that we really want to get right. But part of the beauty of a church community is we recognise our failures and and a church community is built on grace. Our church is built on grace and it's never built on shame. It's a place where people of all kinds of backgrounds and experiences and competencies are welcomed, especially, and I need to say this today, people who are experiencing all manner of mental health difficulty. Each of us belongs as a part of God's people here. Now, I'm aware that you might be sitting there today not so much conscious of your own difficulty that you're experiencing, but you've got a concern for someone you love, someone you know, not quite sure what to do. Well, one simple thing is it would be really great if you could simply check in with them. Uh, You could find your own words, but don't underestimate the, the power of connection. Just checking in, you, you could say something like, I'm, I'm just wondering, are you okay at the moment? And that could open a door to a really helpful conversation where you just do what you can to listen. You don't have to try and fix what's going on for the other person. Oh, just have someone else show interest, especially if they're able to show some understanding, can be so helpful. You might not be sure what to say, and that might hold you back. If you can just find a way of making that connection and leaving the door open, A conversation might not go well, but you could send a follow-up text later, just leaving that door open. One of the things you could do is to do what you can to equip yourself for situations like that. Uh, We run workshops here at St Matt's from time to time. Uh, Last year we had a very helpful session on understanding depression at our Christian Care Seminar, and we plan to do more things like that in the future. Uh, Beyond St Matt's, there are great courses you can do. I was talking to a couple of people this morning who did the Accidental Counselor course at Lifeline. It takes four hours. It's focused on helping someone remain safe who may be considering taking their life. Uh, There are other courses that are advertised as being mental health first aid. And they won't any more turn you into a psychiatrist or a counsellor in a day or two than, than doing the St John's first aid course will turn you into a doctor but they'll be very helpful nonetheless for your understanding and to give you a few basic skills. I think what you keep finding in courses like that is they emphasise the difference you can make by staying connected, by staying connected, by continuing to walk with someone, by keeping that door open. If you're really concerned about someone you know and you're not quite sure what to do, again, that's something where's the staff team. Uh, would love to come alongside you on and, and to walk with you uh, during a time which could be difficult for you as well as you seek to support them. I guess the final thing I'd say to you if you're in that position is know that God has placed you alongside that person for their good. So keep looking to God for the strength and the wisdom that you need day by day to walk with them. You may not be able to fix it. In fact, you probably won't. But you can make a difference by just sticking with them, by just turning up. 
Well, if I need to wrap up, I'll just say a few things as I finish. The first is to recognise we're part of a messy world. It's a broken world. It's a flawed world. It's mucked up in so many ways. And it's only become more complex in the era of COVID-19. But that's not the whole story of life in our world. There is hope because of Jesus Christ. The Bible is real about mental anguish, but it shows us that God is able to deal with the depths of our experience in a way that no one else can. Each of us wants to be loved. And we know from the story of Jesus that we are. You are loved by the Lord God himself, not based on your competence, not based on your togetherness, but just because he does. He loves you more than you can know. And in God's strength and by the power of his spirit, we together have immense power to do, to do good in the mental health space, to, to work together to build the mental health resilience of one another and of this whole community and of others that we may influence. So let me lead us in prayer as we wrap up and we get ready to sing. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the Lord Jesus who gives us hope, who sought out those who are otherwise excluded and who are facing immense hardships. And for the power of his love and his might that gives us such hope, even in the midst of difficulty. We pray, Father, that you'd be at work amongst us for the good of each other in ways that please you and bring great benefit to others. We pray that each of us you'd strengthen to daily walk in the knowledge of your love and goodness towards us. Amen.